Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Solentano, our business editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Our 2022 Volume 3 issue will be available soon. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com slash intelligence. So, John, I think you're going to talk about a big infrastructure story you had this week. Uh, yes, Leslie. You know, we track uh, at the close of business every Friday the status of stocks that comprise our proprietary wireless infrastructure value index. And that's made up of 12 companies that include the, the big three tower companies, about five data center companies, a couple of fiber companies, and a couple of infrastructure companies like Brookfield infrastructure partners and digital bridge uh, you know to look at the index going back a full year uh, that we're tracking it uh, you would think uh, this market is in deep trouble uh, the stock prices uh, do not reflect I think the, the the value and the level of business that these companies are doing but <clears throat> to put into context you know we uh, as of the close of business on Friday, uh, that was uh, uh, September 2nd, which is basically the last trading Friday of the summer for all intents and purposes. You know, the, the aggregate market capitalization of these companies was uh, $375 billion, but that figure was down about 4% from the prior week of $392, representing a market cap loss of $17 billion just for that week. Um, the big uh, three tower companies and the top two data center companies uh, actually account for about 80, 84% of that. And, and, and collectively, they were down 1% uh, from the prior week as well. You know, the stock prices of these companies, the 12 companies in our index, has actually declined about 13% over the 52-week period that we track it. And... Um, uh, so, you know, to look at the graph, you would think you were in a nosedive. And in fact, the, you know, the, the, the numbers have been declining at about a 1% per week compounded uh, average. But, you know, our message here really is that the infrastructure business is, is sound in a lot of ways. You know, we have the, the tower companies announcing deals with uh, upgrade deals with their, um, uh, their big uh, carrier tenants. Uh, the data companies are expanding their, their capacity and signing deals in, in different parts of the world. The fiber companies are, are continuing to expand. And, um, you know, the, the M&A activity is actually uh, pretty steady. So uh, net net of all of this, the real takeaway is that we, we shouldn't really equate the performance of the stock of these companies to the underlying value and the underlying business performance strengths 
that these companies have. I think the, the message here is just uh, hang in there. They, you know, they're well positioned for the long term, but uh, we're, we're going to take some short term hits as as investors get jittery about inflation and uh, and, uh, you know, rumors of recession and all of this. So, um, uh, you know, the market is in better shape than what the stock market is isn't indicating. Um, I had another story that I thought would be of interest. Um, Nokia. Uh, one of our leading uh, telecom equipment manufacturers globally announced a couple of deals uh, during the week where um, it's diversifying its uh, it, it, to demonstrate its the, the diversity of its portfolio and, and also the diversity of its business globally. Um, uh, on Wednesday last week, they uh, they announced a deal with AT and T Mexico. <clears throat> to provide an industrial-grade LTE private network uh, for APM terminals, um, which is based in the, the Yucatan Peninsula. Uh, this is a private uh, wireless network that will be operated by AT&T uh, using uh, a 4.9G LTE that will deliver high bandwidth, low latency, and improve uh, network predictability in, in the uh, peers and in the um, in the uh, the yards where the uh, terminal operates, uh, and uh, it'll connect, uh, you know, workers, uh, devices, and vehicles over a, a roughly a 28-acre uh, uh, space. Um, so this is, uh, you know, a key uh, location in Mexico for um, uh, the economy of the company, uh, country, and and Nokia with AT&T Mexico is deploying a, a robust private network to support uh, that activity. And then the next day, uh, in a separate announcement, Nokia said it had been selected by an Austrian utility and infrastructure company, Energy AG, to build an optical transport network across uh, 18 states in Upper Austria. Uh, Energy AG will use this network to backhaul traffic from uh, uh, several fiber to the home nodes in several regions uh, that it's operating and uh, backhaul that traffic back to two central locations. Um, uh, the, you know, a subsidiary uh, of Energy AG, the telecom uh, group, operates a fiber optic network that spans about 7,000 kilometers and carries up to uh, 6.4 terabits of aggregated traffic. But with the uh, with the new transport network, it'll scale to tens of terabits and uh, allow Energy AG to handle the growing demand uh, uh, for uh, data traffic from an expanding customer base. So. You know, uh, Nokia is uh, making progress uh, on uh, several fronts and um, interesting to see how they uh, their business is highly diversified, both uh, in product line and, and geographically. So we'll keep an eye on that. Quite a comprehensive report, John. You were a busy beaver last week. <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. <laughs> Mr. Jim, uh, I think you are you have a feature for us on a tower in Alberta. Yeah, we like... Toss in a little, you know, human interest stuff in, in, amidst all the business and tech news and uh, uh, all the all the sturm and drang going on in this industry of ours. And uh, this was uh, caught my eye because it was a AM radio tower up in Canada, up in the province of Alberta, that it was no longer in use. Uh, the thing was rusting. It was, you know, instead of standing there. Uh, rubbing their hands, wondering when it was going to fall down on itself. Um, the good people of Medicine Hat, one of my favorite town names, uh, 
decided that um, they would create a more celebratory atmosphere of how they would bring this tower down and, and deconstruct it, basically. Um, so the plans were made to bring in a demolition team to blow the tower up. And, but they decided also to add an element of adding a lottery and awarding prize money to the ticket holder who correctly guessed where the tower would fall. And uh, <laughs> the uh, participants spent $50 for a ticket and uh, the tower fell wherever it, it, it fell. And um, they, they split the money 50-50 uh, and the, the lucky winner won one half of that with the other half going to the Medicine Hat Women's Shelter. So there you go. There's there's a way to uh, demolish your tower and uh, serve the serve the public good and uh, you know make make sport of it. So good good for Very you. Good. Yeah, blow up your tower and do good at the same time. Yes, lovely. Yes. So the FCC is targeting November to release a first draft of its new broadband location maps. The commission has finished reviewing the material collected since June 30th from broadband providers. Uh, FCC personnel have also met with local governments and lawmakers to explain the process. FCC Chairwoman uh, Jessica Rosenworcel said the FCC has partnered with NTIA to connect with providers and state broadband leaders. Since completing its review of data on where broadband is and is not located, she says, we are ready to get to work and start developing new and improved broadband maps. She said the first draft will provide a far more accurate picture of broadband availability in the United States than our old maps ever did. That's worth celebrating, but the work is not done. The agency plans to open a window to challenge the broadband location data set it now has uh, on September 12th. So that is Monday. And to be clear, this is a first draft. There's probably going to be a second draft because the, the concept is once you release the draft, then people can challenge it and say, this is not right, that's not right, and give the FCC time to fix it. So the second draft might be out in December. Um, and NDIA has said it's expecting to get a map that it can really work with to distribute the B money, you know, the money coming from the government to fund infrastructure projects, probably sometime next spring. So this is a process. It's going to take a while. And that is our news for the week. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of the week's news, check out our Saturday edition. We'll see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.